Good evening, and welcome to Graveyard Shift, the podcast where I talk about classical music when I can't sleep. My name is Morgan, and I'm a music major, a second-year music major, and I'm just doing my best. This, This is actually my second recording tonight. I can't sleep. I had a ridiculous amount of caffeine, so I guess it's my own fault. But I wanted to thank everyone listening, friends, family, and everyone else who just stumbled upon this. Um, I now have, I passed the mark for 100 plays a little bit ago, and I'm now up to 110. And I just wanted to take a moment to thank everyone listening. And it really does mean a lot to me. This is a side project I really enjoy. And I hope that it, other people are enjoying it too and maybe learning a thing or two. So tonight, we're going to be talking about The Salute de Mort by Edward Elgar. And Elgar was born in 1857 and died in 1934. And while he was alive, he had a fabulous mustache. If you look up pictures of him, uh, it's really something to see. But anyway, so in the last episode, I talked about Ralph Vaughn Williams And Elgar lived at about the same time period. So about the same kind of stuff is going on. We have that neo-romanticism, that fun uh, trauma that's caused by the First World War, etc. But Elgar was different in a lot of respects. He was self-taught, where a lot of music in those days were all about academia and, like, learning from the biggest names that you can, but he taught himself, which kind of stood out a little. He also had a lot of continental Europe influences, even though he was British. So British style was very much becoming formalized at this time, but Elgar took more influences from like the German composers that were very popular. And yeah, he was British, but You'll notice that the name that I said of this piece is in French. And until his middle age, Elgar was struggling as a composer. Like, he wasn't finding success at all. He moved to London and tried to find fame, but he couldn't afford to live there and moved his family back. And so when he put the title as French, French music tended to sell better just because it had like this elegance to it like think about ballet and how it's graceful and really stylized and the French are known for that and that's kind of what Elgar was kind of going at he wanted people to see that it was a French title and think it like oh it's like put together and buy it and in fact in the um in the dedication he that was in French and then his name was just Ed Dot Elgar, so as to appear like as ambiguous as possible. But he definitely was British. And the dedication, I think it's actually very sweet, um, was to Clarice, which is a contraction of his wife's name. And his wife was from a more upper class standing. And Elgar was lower class. He was composer, not not making his best living. So her family hated that she was marrying him, even though they were in love, and disowned her. 
And this piece is an engagement present to her, which I think is so sweet because it's really a wonderful piece and you can feel the love in it, which is, it's really heartwarming for me. Um, Clarice, that name that he dedicated it to, also became the name of their first daughter two years later. So it's a very sweet story. Salute d'Amour was written for piano and violin, but over the years it's been transcribed for a lot of solo instruments, um, cello and flute in particular. I think it'd make a great oboe cover, but um, it's really flexible in that way. Now, musically, it's super simple. Like, you have a melody and then you have basically what's just a triads underneath. So it's very simple to listen to. There are exchanges between the solo and the piano part. Like there are times when the piano has the melody and the, the soloist is accompanying. So listen for that as you go through. And something I really love about this composition is the way it has leading tones and the way they lead into the next melody. So leading tones are the seventh of a scale. And that is a very unstable tone. Like you hear it and you want it to go up to the eighth note, like which is the end of the scale. You want it to finish. And especially in Western music, like that's super common. Even if you have no musical background, you know. Something's just not right, and you want to finish it. So the melody goes through. I'm Pardon my voice. It's, I'm trying to be quiet. And anyway, so the melody is something like this. See what I mean? Like, you want that to resolve. You want it to go just a little bit higher. And so it's really simple, but it's a really effective way of keeping the momentum going through your piece. So that's one thing to listen for as you go through this. And listen for notes that just don't quite seem like an ending, because it's not just you. that They're done on purpose that way, to make you slightly uncomfortable while you're listening to it, so you want to keep listening. So the dedication on this piece makes it really clear that this is supposed to be a love letter. And as with a love letter, once you read it, you know what the writer has to say. And so as you go through, I encourage you to just think about someone you love, someone that you really care about, and listen to the piece thinking about that. And you'll hear all that Elgar has to say about his soon-to-be wife. <laughs> 